Spheres podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have more eclectic conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. Welcome if you are new here. You'll find that in between sharing interview episodes, I have taken to sharing the weekly forecast that I write and share to YouTube onto this podcast as well. So that being said, if you would like to see these on video, you can head over to my YouTube channel at Sabrina Monarch. And knowing that this was also a YouTube episode or an upload or whatever you would call it, um, sometimes I say things like, like this video and comment, which you, you can do on YouTube, or if you're listening here on the podcast, just listen in and enjoy. This is the forecast for January 13th to January 19th, 2021. Rest be assured we are in 2021. I accidentally said 2020 several times in this video as you know, one is prone to do at the beginning of the calendar year. So it happens. Uh, what else do I want to say before we start? You know, just that I appreciate you being here. I've been really appreciating your comments on Instagram and just hearing from you, you know, seeing your reviews about how this podcast is landing for you. Um, I love talking about astrology and talking about the mood and the feelings of, you know, any given moment in time. So I hope that this can be resourceful to you for this week. And it is quite an interesting week. It, you know, we have Jupiter square Uranus, which is, it's a big deal. <laughs> this is like quantum leap astrology. And we also have the 2021, you know, whole year long transit of Saturn and Aquarius square Uranus and Taurus. And you can also find um, an episode about that on the, this podcast and also as a video on YouTube. So I'm going to get into the forecast now. I hope that you enjoy. Hello, my loves. This is Sabrina Monarch of monarchastrology.com bringing you the astrology forecast for January 13th to January 19th. These are forecasts that I've been sharing in written form. Um, I'm on my sixth year of writing them. And I recently branched out to YouTube um, and also have been sharing these forecasts to the podcast, my podcast, Magic of the Spheres. Um, so welcome here. Uh, welcome back or welcome if this is your first time. And uh, given that these are written forecasts, I basically get on here, look at what I've written on my phone and share that with you. So this week we have Uranus and Taurus stationing direct just before forming a square to Jupiter and Aquarius. Mars and Taurus draws closer to Uranus, first squaring Saturn in Aquarius and highlighting the current Saturn-Uranus square. These transits, um, you know, there's more going on this week, but these I really honed in on just to, you know, get us started. These transits speak to me of instability and glitches in the matrix. And I want to be very intentional about what I mean by the matrix here. Most simply, I'm talking about ordinary reality, convention, a sense of normalcy, both in society and how we experience ordinary boundaries, physics, and laws. For anyone like myself who plays with altering and shifting and creating reality through psychology, magic, and metaphysics, 
The matrix has not always been something to believe at face value. We already see that there are laws and rules to the matrix. For example, if I drop a ball, it's going to fall to the ground. And that some of these rules bend. So if I visualize light around myself, I may feel a sense of peace um, or experience more protection. Or if I visualize light around a future experience, um, it may go better. I may have a better experience than if I am harboring um, anxious thoughts about this said future event. In an ongoing way, we discover the intersections and negotiations between the laws of this reality, or the matrix, so to say, and the nature of free will and intention. Positively, seeing the veil flutter or the matrix shift before our eyes can be about experiencing a sense of liberation from ordinary constraints that we have been paradigmatically, I don't know how to say that word. I always just see it written, um, paradigmatically, I don't know, bound to previously. We experience a newfound sense of freedom, adventure, or insight about something that was once just a wall. So our world opens up. But this is also bender-like, unhinged astrology as well, making too many conclusions and connections, sorry, making too many connections and jumping to conclusions in an ungrounded way, getting on a conspiracy theory bandwagon, a self-proclaimed horned Q shaman storming the U.S. Capitol on the January 6th riot. Astrological transits are multivalent and come in many shades. The Jupiter-Uranus square is wild, paradigm-shifting, traveling to the moon, like literally Jupiter and Uranus were in aspect on the first moon landing. Um, Jupiter-Uranus is a quantum leap type of astrology. Saturn-Uranus relates to disturbances in the status quo and accelerated change. As someone who has gone off the deep end personally, uh, before in the flurry of intense spiritual expansion. And I talk about this in the second episode of my podcast, Magic of the Spheres. I know firsthand that there is something to the Joseph Campbell quote that the psychotic drowns in the same waters in which the mystic swims with delight. Like the way set and setting will impact the experience of a psychedelic journey, our psychological and spiritual groundedness and maturity also influences how we relate to flashpoint moments of increased synchronicity, meaning making, and the presence of magic, and the presence of the beyond the ordinary numinous threads of this reality. So before getting into our week with more detail, breaking down transit by transit, I want to share a few announcements. One is that you can stay in touch with me by getting on my mailing list. Um, I'll send you the forecast every week and also let you know about upcoming course opportunities. Um, I teach an evolutionary astrology intensive as well as other things. Uh, please follow me on Instagram at Sabrina Monarch. Please like this video, leave a comment, let me know how you're doing, what resonates with you. And um, subscribe to this channel and hit the notification bell so that you know when new videos come out. The Evolutionary Astrology Intensive is currently in session, uh, but I do teach this course 
around twice a year. So stay tuned for the next, um, the next one. I'm gonna, I think I'm getting into a pattern now of alternating between uh, times for this class that are friendly to Europe and times that are friendly to Australia and Asia, um, because I can't do both at the same time. But um, I think that the next enrollment will be um, Australia and Asia friendly uh, time zone. So stay tuned for that. Um, Meteorite is beginning January 31st. This is a level two training for people that have studied evolutionary astrology with me. And this is a high level practitioner course about embodying your unique voice and practice as an astrologer. I'll leave the link um, in the notes if you want to read more about this and apply. My astrology reading bookings are currently closed. I am still taking on new clients for ongoing mentorship and coaching, which is a six month or one year commitment. If you're interested in working with me in that capacity, please send me an email at sabrina at monarchastrology.com and we'll start a conversation. I also have a new episode of Magic of the Spheres out this week on the Pluto and Libra generation with Sol Yonison. So that's it for announcements. Let's get into the week. On January 13th, Mars in three degrees of Taurus will square Saturn in three degrees of Aquarius at 3.01 a.m. Pacific. Keep in mind that Mars is triggering the ongoing Saturn-Uranus square with this transit. And you can watch my video about the Saturn-Uranus square um, that is characterizing 2021 on my channel. I'll leave the link below. Part of Mars' intrinsic nature is a desire to move forward, uninhibited, free of obstacles. Mars may often take pleasure from overcoming obstacles, so the endorphins from a workout. Like literally, that is pleasure that comes from resistance or strength training. Um, the joy that the psyche actually takes from struggle and engaging war, which I'll talk about in a moment. Um, or Mars can get, you know, relates to how we get angry or frustrated when our will is thwarted. With Mars and Taurus creating a first quarter square to Saturn in Aquarius. So you have Mars who, you know, wants all this freedom and Saturn, which relates to boundaries and time. Um, there's a, a pressure inherently with Mars Saturn. There's also a way, um, that these two can be very formative or very disciplined together. It's kind of like a military-like energy where you have the structure, Saturn, uh, the gravity, the force, um, and Mars, which is the, the will um, or the exertion of force. So when you have Mars and Taurus creating a first quarter square to Saturn in Aquarius, there's some emphasis on a will to try new things um, or new strategies. The first quarter phase is about this, trying new things. Um, to try new things or new strategies that are in relationship to a substantial overarching vision, Saturn and Aquarius, the great blueprint. It's like having learned some big radical idea and really wanting to apply it. There's likely going to be some struggle here in the sense that overnight solutions or actions are not available for um so like overnight actions overnight solutions are not necessarily available for systemic problems or challenges that have been years decades or even centuries in the making um so there might be that sense of urgency but also that sense of whoa whoa like 
not so fast <laughs> with Mars Saturn. An opening here is patience or a strategy that involves sustainable action. Taurus teaches us about embodiment. A pressure of this transit may be realizations that actually embodying an idea takes a lot more time than it takes to think or envision it. So what's your long haul game plan or how are you going to approach a current challenge or impasse with a sustainable course of action? As for the point that I alluded to momentarily that the psyche enjoys war and struggle, it is worth being honest about that. Think of the camaraderie, the victories, the sense of purpose, the thrill, the sense of aliveness. Outside of conventional warfare, this can take the form of secretly on the low, uh, loving the conflicts in our lives because they make us feel alive. Just like Venus can be superficiality and shallowness or real pleasure and connection, Mars also has immature and mature forms of itself. Mars and Taurus can bring us home to our own personal soil. I always think of gardens with Taurus. Um, the places where we grow war or peace or both in our psyches. How do we cultivate our fire? in a way that honors life and creates peace? How do we engage conflict nobly and responsibly with grounding and sobriety? So part of what I'm saying here is that perhaps there is a basic instinctual need to feel alive, to feel energized, to feel vital. Um, but can we be responsible of how we engage that archetype and also Part of, you know, the enlightened warrior archetype is someone who understands war and understands the gravity of war and uses their will to create peace. Um, and at an alchemical level, this is understanding how, you know, war is born in our own psyche, in our projections and taking the responsibility to create peace from within um, as the center point from which we engage the external. On this same day, Venus in six degrees of Capricorn will trine Uranus in six degrees of Taurus at 4.22 p.m. Um, an invite to see last week's forecast, um, the section on Venus trine Mars, a transit which is still active and involved here since Mars is conjunct Uranus this week. Creating more joy, gratitude, pleasure, play, or related emotions and states are really a practice. Venus Uranus can be pleasure, love, and wealth upgrades. And with these planets and earth signs, it suggests slow and steady cultivation. I started reading The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. Um this last week. And I'm really inspired by her concept of worthiness now. Not worthiness when we achieve some particular thing, when we look different, when whatever, but worthiness now. There's something so earthy and embodied about this to me, like worthiness is not a conceptual out there thing, a thing for later, but that it's already incarnate, already here. And I really like the whole book, though, uh, The Gifts of Imperfection. Maybe you've read it. Um, I've 
known of Brene Brown and watched some of her talks, but I don't think I've actually sat down with a book of hers before and I'm feeling the Pluto and Virgo magic and transformation. In the book, Brene Brown quotes a friend and author, Lynn Twist, on the subject of scarcity from Twist's book, The Soul of Money. And the quote goes, this is a long quote, so bear with me. It's from Lynn Twist, but quoted by Brene Brown. And now a third layer removed by me quoting it. For me and for many of us, our first waking thought of the day is I didn't get enough sleep. The next one is, I don't have enough time. Whether true or not, that thought of not enough occurs to us automatically before we even begin to question or examine it. We spend most of the hours in the days of our lives hearing, explaining, complaining, or worrying about what we don't have enough of. We don't have enough exercise. We don't have enough work. We don't have enough profits. We don't have enough power. We don't have enough wilderness. We don't have enough weekends. Of course, we don't have enough money ever. We're not thin enough. We're not smart enough. We're not pretty enough or fit enough or educated or successful enough or rich enough ever. Before we even sit up in bed, before our feet touch the floor, we're already inadequate, already behind, already losing, already lacking something. And by the time we go to bed at night, our minds race with a litany of what we didn't get or what we didn't get done that day. We go to sleep burdened by those thoughts and wake up to the reverie of lack. What begins as a simple expression of the hurried life or even the challenged life grows into the great justification for an unfulfilled life. And then this quote goes on. We each have the choice in any setting to step back and let go of the mindset of scarcity. Once we let go of scarcity, we discover the surprising truth of sufficiency. By sufficiency, I don't mean a quantity of anything. Sufficiency isn't two steps up from poverty or one step short of abundance. It isn't a measure of barely enough or more than enough. Sufficiency isn't an amount at all. It's an experience, a context we generate, a declaration, a knowing that there is enough and that we are enough. Sufficiency resides inside each of us and we can call it forward. It is a consciousness, an attention, an intentional choosing of the way that we think about our circumstances. End quote. Sufficiency resides inside each of us and we call it forward. Oops, I was just saying that. Sorry. End quote. So a huge shift I had in my own experience this last week was realizing where I delay, like Capricorn's capacity to delay gratification in service of a loftier, far out future goal, um, which is a necessary kind of skill, but it comes with the you know, Capricorn squares Libra in the Zodiac. So learning how to balance our discipline or learning how to balance the ways that we uh, delay gratification. So I was starting to realize where I delay a sense of worthiness onto some future point, like I'll be okay when X, uh, instead of claiming that worthiness now, 
And it occurred to me that a new layer of self-love is opening up through this realization. Um, It's like one that is asking to be loved as is instead of waiting for some arrival point. As Capricorn represents authority, among other things, it has me contemplating the nature of claiming the authority to love ourselves um, and to really take on that responsibility. And I say responsibility because self-love is an orientation from which we become more loving to others as a result. So loving ourselves is also taking accountability for the imprint that we leave around us. And I think that this idea of unconditional worthiness or worthiness now is a beautiful context from which to accept where we're at. Um, and it doesn't mean we don't still um, seek accomplishment or seek some kind of um, addition to ourselves, but that we're not placing those future circumstances as the metric by which we will eventually become worthy later. So just some earth sign uh, magic for us this week. January 14th, 2020, Uranus stations direct in Taurus at 1236 a.m. Pacific. And this station can have Uranus and Taurus themes feeling louder or more focused which can include things like an evolving relationship with food and or the earth, somatic awakenings, becoming aware of how or where we hold scarcity and liberating from that, um, how trauma is stored in the body and somatic release, evolutions around self-worth and self-esteem. So Uranus being a planet of change and liberation and putting that in the sign of Taurus, um, somatic awakening, is just one of the key words uh, or key themes that I come back to. Then we have the sun in 24 degrees of Capricorn conjunct Pluto in 24 degrees of Capricorn at 619 a.m. Pacific. At a basic level, the sun conjunct Pluto brings light to the underworld or light to hidden, secret, potentially taboo places where we might hold shame. Pluto also in turn brings a chthonic intensity to expression or radiance with the sun. So there's a sense of maybe teleology of purpose or feeling like there's a rippling force moving through us of I am this, I will express myself in this certain way. Um, everything has leading me, been leading me up to this moment of my embodiment, that kind of um, personal power in our expression. Many esoteric teachings emphasize the power that we carry within these gems uh, in our soul, uh, these gems in our deepest soulful self. We each have a unique journey around uncovering this essential self, as well as embodying the authority of that essential self, having the courage to be who we are and having the courage to face these scarier parts of ourselves um, where what it means to be in touch with our own power. This uncovering process is never ending. If we think we know everything or that we know ourselves fully, it's quite easy to fall out of alignment with ourselves. Part of our creative development in this incarnation is working with our own mysteries, what disturbs, moves, and fascinates us. 
We can also lose touch with ourselves if we routinely project onto others, making other people or circumstances responsible. Um, responsible for our emotional reality and our responses to life, assigning our own power away, essentially. When we are in relationship with this power and our power, we get to decide how we want to be in relationship with others and with reality, as opposed to being in a more reactive state of consciousness. We may have experiences or inner pressures arise this week that are urging us to have more consciousness around our own power or around methods around self-development or self-development techniques that assist us in having this deeper relationship with ourselves. As the Capricorn archetype can suggest here, this kind of thing can be work, but it is incredibly rewarding. And if we don't take responsibility for it, then we just leak that power and project it onto others or onto circumstances. January 17th, 2020. Oh my, have I been saying 2020 this whole time? I have. Okay, sorry, we're in 2021. I thought that I um, was making a seamless transition because 2020 was such a historical year that it's like, okay, we're definitively in 2021. My bad. Okay. January 17th, 2021, Jupiter in six degrees of Aquarius will square Uranus in six degrees of Taurus, 2.49 PM. Given the large presence of upheaval, part of the Saturn-Uranus mood, and the ongoing fallout of other seismic historical events, it may be easy to overlook the upgrading consciousness that the Jupiter-Uranus square represents here. Jupiter-Uranus transits relate to quantum leaps, innovations in science, culture, and in spiritual technology. Negatively, there can be a kind of inflation or a kind of religiosity about out-of-touch, disconnected ideas. Uranus brings a lot of voltage, and the vessel has to be ready for that voltage. We might take two extreme of liberties in creating narrative um, or context around events. This is also at least playing out in the collective in an unhinged kind of way. When more embodied or sustainable, so key Taurus, uh, there can be massive upgrades happening right now. This can be related to paradigm shift, removing certain walls of perception, um, or perception around possibility that we used to have that kept our world smaller. So feeling those walls lift um, or freeing ourselves from stories that we've been attached to in our consciousness and in our nervous system. It can be really huge to let go of like a limiting belief um, or a limiting story. This transit can come with hyper real reality feelings. I'm definitely feeling this. Um, such as more intense synchronicities or feeling really on the verge of a breakthrough in a way that feels reflected in your day-to-day -day life. We might be gaining more insight on how to be connected to ourselves and to parts of our experiences that we've previously disassociated from or become numb to and experience a feeling of waking up that, come, um, that comes with coming back online to places we've unhooked from. So I always think of coming back into consciousness with the soul, with the higher self as like coming online 
like being fully lit in ourselves and our power in our deeper truth. And we, um, fracture psychologically or emotionally at certain points in our life, um, such as in childhood, um, when we don't feel validated in certain ways, or we feel disempowered, um, we can kind of dissociate from certain parts of ourselves. Um, and part of, you know, spiritual discovery later in life is retrieving those fragments, which once you've retrieved them, it's not just like your life is normal. It's like you literally have more parts of yourself online and like ready to be present. So I think recalibrating to that deeper sense of awakeness or aliveness is a process as well. And if we're looking at Uranus and Taurus, I mean, this is why I feel so much, um, enthusiasm around somatic awakening or around our relationship with food or the body is that it could be our routines. It could be our, um, basic parts of our lives that make the, the ground sustainable for these, um, advances in consciousness that we're wanting to call in. So tune into some opportunities or ask for them in prayer, um, or in conversations, you know, however it is that you pose questions to expand your reality, um, tune into opportunities for liberating educational experiences. We can numb or disassociate because we don't know another way to work with the ideas and the emotions that come up for us. But when we learn frameworks or tools that help us contextualize and relate with those things that we were blocking ourselves from connecting with before, then we experience liberation. This is part of why I love personal development so much. I think it's a rich field with tools, techniques, modalities, and ideas for greater connectivity with ourselves and our inherent magic and wisdom and resiliency. January 19th, 2021, the sun enters Aquarius at 12.40 p.m. The sun will be in Aquarius until February 18th. So Aquarius season begins immediately in conversation as part of a stellium with Saturn, Jupiter, Athena, and Mercury in Aquarius. Aquarius is a brilliant cerebral energy. Aquarius relates to revelations, flashes of insight, and a larger systems awareness of life. It is a wonderful time for seeking and cultivating insight and for working with our ideas, as well as countering this with grounding activities so that we can sustain this river of intellectual creativity that the Aquarian water bearer is pouring down on us this season. Uh, a note that while symbolized by the water bearer, make no mistake that Aquarius is an air sign, not a water sign. While the sun travels through Aquarius, it highlights the ways that our identity is communal, um, how we relate with belonging, how we feel influenced by people and culture, and how we participate in culture or subculture. We may be experiencing celebration around thriving friendships or thriving community relationships or feeling not much light um, in this area of our life, such as if we feel isolated or disconnected. Um, there's a beautiful idea, too, that loneliness is the other side of connection, that we only feel lonely because we're connected. Um, we experience time in this kind of linear way. Uh, but if you throw that out the window and time isn't linear, uh, we're going to feel disconnection as the opposite side of the coin. 
um, of the connection that we are intended to have or bound to have. Um, there's a lot of, you know, isolation and loneliness that comes along the spiritual path. Um, because you're just more, you're more aware of the urges of your soul. And so instead of just kind of going along life in an unconscious way, there can be certain moments where you break away from the known, you break away from your familiar friend circle. You start to feel, um, like just a change in yourself and your immediate external reality doesn't reflect you yet in terms of your community and you being super aligned. So you might feel alone. Um, and it's in that space that we're kind of walking through a new channel where we can potentially have, you know, a new evolution of connection in our lives. Um, but we kind of have to follow our soul's thread. Um, so it's like, it's a narrow valley. Uh, before more connection occurs. And part of how we can find our people with the Aquarius archetype is by signaling ourselves accurately, expressing ourselves in a way that is authentic and magnetizes authentic connection. So of course we have to know who we are, which is the a main tenet of the spiritual path to embody who we are, which takes, um, practice in some sense. It can be deconditioning. It can be cultivating your unique perspectives or talents. Um, It's kind of thinning the barrier between you and your authenticity. So if you have a lot of stuff on top of that, like conditioning that you've picked up or ways that you're performing that aren't true to you, um, ego identifications that are calcified, you know, breaking that up uh, is part of this. And then having the courage to signal ourselves is also like, um, it can touch a tender nerve, right? Like we don't want to be rejected. We don't want to be ostracized. Um, it's vulnerable and yeah, it just kind of makes me think of birds on the tops of trees singing and like they're connecting with each other and them being up on the top of trees is, is also vulnerable for them in terms of, you know, the use of energy, uh, that they are using and, um, the visibility to predators, um, or like larger birds. And I think with, um, you know, our version of expression, sometimes I think about at a evolutionary level, what it would be like to like go out into an open field and just start drawing attention to yourself. Like if that's going to feel good in the body or if there's a survival part of our brain, that's like, that's dangerous. Don't draw attention to yourself. Um, especially if you don't fit in or you're not normal, (laughs) don't draw attention to yourself. And on the other hand, if we hide or make ourselves small, it can correlate with loneliness because how are people supposed to know who we are if we're not showing ourselves? Um, so I think that the journey of, of embodying ourselves and signaling that embodiment is actually um, a deep, you know, magical, soulful process that has its own challenges. And, you know, we are, we're going to confront our hangups and our fears along the way. Aquarius relates to the process of individuation, such as when we leave the culture of origin that we've always known and begin to differentiate ourselves, perhaps having a different worldview than the people in our hometown or wanting something different from life than our original circle of friends. 
While the separation is isolating at first, it begins to pave the way for more authentic connections because we've, we've also honored our authentic self instead of trying to fit in and stay comfortable. Um, this is not like a blanket rule. Sometimes just having conversations and disclosing honestly with people um, is a way to create change in our environment. And it's not just about getting on a plane and going to another country and finding a new group of friends kind of thing. Um, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> and um, Aquarius can also relate to the reintegration, such as the return home or the return to quote, normal life after awakening experiences, because awakening experiences separate us from the status quo. So it's not like we just return because we can't forget what we've seen, um, but we have to figure out a new way to relate and to um, mediate that difference. So, you know, any significant spiritual awakening, psychedelic journey, vision, um, peak experience, there is an integration process that happens after. That could be really the creativity of Aquarius too, because if you don't integrate, it's kind of like a frying kind of energy where it's like a disconnection from reality. Um, so there's a skill in being able to disconnect or go outside of the bounds of normalcy, but also to weave it back in and reconnect um, and align with reality um, to communicate, uh, to express like, as opposed to just kind of feeling a chasm between, you know, the reality that you left behind and where you're, you know, where you're at. Not to say that this happens in a day. I mean, I think about like um, scientists who were at some point like on the verge of paradigm shift that they were starting to encounter theories that really separated them from their colleagues. Um, and the, the loneliness that they may have felt or the sense of uh, existential overwhelm of like all these things I believed about reality. I don't even know if they're true anymore. How do I integrate this new knowledge? Like it can be very, um, very sobering or it can feel like a burden um, in some expressions of this archetype. And in traditional astrology, Aquarius is ruled by Saturn. In modern, it's ruled by Uranus. Um, so I think that that um, seriousness, you know, or like that gravity of encountering a worldview or an experience that shocks your system and changes what's normal to you. All of this being said, Aquarius definitely uh, isn't just about going it alone, like separating. Uh, it's also about community and forming, you know, connections with other beings in the network. Um, human and non-human like we're all we're all here so let's not just like anthro make it anthrocentric reaching out to connect with others again humans and non-humans is important making ourselves available to connection as well as honing our frequency our aquarian activities so making ourselves available to connection is just being you know, talking, reaching out to people, communicating, honing our frequency is that like knowing who you are and signaling yourself. There can be some dissonance at different stages of the journey, such as not feeling met or not feeling belonging. But when we feel aligned with our frequency, 
and connected with others, it is a radical kind of joy. You know, it's not just connecting with people because you're pretending to fit in and pretending to belong. It's aligning with people because you are who you are and you're truly being seen. Aquarius season is a wonderful time to befriend ourselves. You know, are you a friend to yourself? Um, And by extension, to befriend the world, um, the human and non-human. So this is what I have for you this week. Thank you for listening. Please like, comment, and subscribe. And I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. If you've been enjoying this podcast, I would love to read your review. If you leave a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes and take a screenshot of that review before you click submit and email it to me at sabrina at monarchastrology.com, I will send you a resource library about creating and elevating your reality. This is something that I you know, speaking of glitches in the matrix (laughs) and, you know, my interest in spirituality and different kind of mindset altering techniques and working with my neural pathways, I used some techniques to reverse and to kind of shift patterns of depression in my psyche, in my personal patterning and worked with, you know, different kind of manifestation or create your own reality teachings. And I think, you know, if you hear, hear me talk, hear me share my ideas, I do get the reflection that I'm pretty grounded and I'm also pretty out there. So, you know, finding out how to connect with these magical kind of metaphysical ideas and bring them down to earth, um, is something that, is one of my favorite things to do in this earth life. So I would love to share this library with you and reviewing this podcast is a really great way to support the livelihood of this podcast as well as, you know, help other people find it. And um, yeah, it's just, it's a really helpful thing to do and I really appreciate it. So thanks for listening. I hope that you experience liberation this week. Um, Maybe working out some some glitches, some belief systems that no longer serve, um, and you can release them. Uh, definitely this concept of worthiness now has already majorly shifted my field in ways that is mind blowing. (laughs) Like I honestly feel like the synchronicities that have appeared around it and the kind of way that my external reality has shifted and just my mood and my sense of well-being does kind of feel in alignment with this kind of magical quantum leap astrology. So we are in a really magical moment as well as a moment of upheaval and great change and, you know, instability with that Saturn Uranus energy. So I hope that listening to this um, can uh, point us toward, you know, that opportunity for magic in this moment. And I think that's the end of the transmission because I lost my train of thought. All right. Thanks for listening. Have a beautiful week. Bye.